Chapter 16, Guaranteed, that is, Lost Freedoms. We've taken a peek at some of the governing insanity transpiring in the world, but there's still so much more astonishing deception to bring to light. To do that, we need to take a good hard look at the gradual theft of our personal and national freedoms, not to mention our resources and our children. Again, we must keep in mind just what or who is motivating this insane stupidity, both those inflicting it and our willing, for the most part, acceptance of it. The following list of liberty infringements may seem a little redundant, but be assured the seeming overkill of the subject is very necessary, as it drives home the reality of our present condition and theme of this book. That theme again is the enslaving endgame by a bitter and hateful transdimensional power. After all, how could anyone or anything but a devious supernatural entity outside our space-time continuum possibly muster the ability to pull this off right in front of our eyes the way it's being done? that is, over many generations. The theft of our God-given freedoms in the U.S. has only been tolerated via the incorporation of the boiling frog method. Put a frog in hot water, it'll immediately jump out, but if you place it in cold water and slowly increase the temperature, it will boil to death without so much as a twitch. Unfortunately, we are those frogs. To begin this glimpse into the relentless erosion of our constitutional guarantees, one of the greatest was the First Amendment's guarantee, the freedom of religion. Sadly, the erosion of that freedom by the federal state began through the C-3 tax exemption and something called political correctness, and more, and more recently, viruses. That The C-3 tax exemption is a type of government extortion. To receive it, churches are required to conform to anti-biblical government mandates as to what they can and can't teach, even from the Bible and even to whom they teach. How shocking that it's even come to be against the law to teach from the Bible what is so insane considering our constitutional government was founded upon biblical teachings. If those Torah instructions for liberty, that is, had, that made us the greatest nation on our planet, but now the Bible's instructions on love and liberty have been all but completely banned from public arenas. In fact, Christian church pastors have even been arrested for teaching, even in their private congregations, against such things as abortion, homosexual, and sodomite marriage. And again, the crown virus has been used as to further assault our freedom of religion and to attend churches, including severely limiting the number allowed to attend. How on earth does that not completely flush the First Amendment? And of course, to acknowledge a higher authority other than the government, such as God, is no longer tolerated as well. After all, how dare anyone acknowledge a higher power than government, who have set themselves up as the new God in the hood? True freedom is encapsulated in self-government. It's this type of government which the Creator displays in His Torah instructions. Again, our constitutional government of freedom was based upon that very concept, governing our own personal behavior. The greatest of freedoms to be self-governed is based in a belief in a benevolent creator God who will take care of us if we honor him and also take care of each other. After getting your foot in the door to steal our greatest freedom, that of freely practicing our religion with the C3 exemption, the next great move against that freedom was exalted, executed by the FBI, the BATF, and the media to a sect called the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. 
This story is a decades-old story, but is still a great example of what the puppet masters through the federal government were able to pull off right in front of our faces even that many years ago. To accomplish it, we must remember all the major medias are globalists, along with the ABC agencies who have long been planning and are finally implementing their one new one world government dictatorship. That said, to justify the government's move against the Texas Branch Davidians and our religious freedom, never proven charges were trumped up by the supposed, supposed witnesses of a couple disenchanted members who left or were excommunicated from that religious sect. After weeks of applying torture techniques, which was loud shrieking of dying animals, rock and roll music 24-7, accompanied by bright lights all night, the government agencies surrounded a compound with military tanks. Meanwhile, the general public was forced to stay at least three miles away. This order was touted to be for everyone's safety, including reporters and, shockingly, even the firemen after the fire was started. Really? Was keeping everyone three miles away actually for the firemen's and the reporters' safety, considering that is what they are trained for? Or is it just to keep the public eyes from seeing what was actually transpiring? At any rate, after surrounding the compound with armored tanks, the FBI began firing the compound full of CS or tear gas canisters. It was brought out later in court hearings the propellant used combined with CS gas formed cyanide. After punching a wall full of holes and firing in tear gas chambers, the compound was ignited with some 40 people still inside, including elderly women and children. In their attempt to escape the smoke and flames, they were all gunned down like animals by the federal agents. The survivors, those who surrendered earlier, were then sentenced to 40 years in prison in what court witnesses described as an obvious kangaroo court. This was in spite of the fact that not a single accusation against them was ever satisfactorily proven to the jury. And shortly after the attack and well before the trial, the compound was burned, bulldozed, and ordered hauled away. So much for any exonerating evidence. Bottom line, my personal assessment is that this was a shocking test to see just how much the puppet masters could get away with in an all-out assault against our right to assemble and practice our religion of choice, not to mention freedom of speech. After all, we cannot have freedom of religion without freedom of speech. If a test, if a test it passed with flying colors, even though decades ago. So much for the First Amendment's constitutionally guaranteed freedoms of religion and speech. The real question is, just how on earth did the governing authorities get away with such a blatant atrocity right in plain sight of the American people? It was like some witch cast a spell over the nation. Actually, the answer to the la that last question becomes obvious as we continue wading through the mountain of evidence of supernatural manipulation. But first, before going any further, let's take an actual look at the First Amendment for those not familiar. Article 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. The globalists getting away with their attacks against free religion, as with the virus shutdowns and free speech, as with the public gathering against government mandates for masks, mandatory vaccines, infanticide, and a host of other issues. But what is most shocking is the banning of the Ten Commandments in public buildings, including schools and courtrooms. How more insane can it get to ban a list of conduct rules 
you shall not lie, such as you shall not lie from a courtroom. Excuse me? Even if we only engage a tiny part of our brains, how does that even remotely make sense? How can there be fair trials if lying is not wrong? Along with the banning of the prohibition against lying in the courtroom, we also have instructions such as you shall not steal, you shall not murder in that outlawed list. With that in mind, think school shootings. How interesting that since removing that behavioral list from schools, those very unlawful acts have multiplied exponentially. Hmm, go figure. Is it any surprise to have witnessed the ignoring of the looting or stealing, and even murder during the 2020 riots? Again, did someone say insane, or is it multiplying the evils what's really intended? Honestly, to what other conclusion can we arrive? Speaking of insanity and absurdity, how is it a recent past president banned Christian celebrations from the White House, citing separation of church and state, while instead inviting the Muslim celebration of Ramadan? This is all immensely confusing, considering hosting Ramadan was established as a new tradition in the White House after 28, 2008. Hello? By the way, separation of church and state does not come from the Constitution. And speaking of Ramadan, how is it this Muslim religious celebration is not considered church as Christian celebrations are? How bizarre. In fact, in addition to allowing Ramadan celebrations in the White House, the president in 2010 even publicly compared Islamic Sharia law to the Constitution. What an absurdity, considering the two are honestly have nothing in common. The Constitution is about guaranteeing personal freedoms, especially religious, while Sharia is a religious dictatorship. In fact, according to the Quran, all those who don't embrace Muhammad and Islam are infidels worthy of death and or slavery. Besides eliminating religious freedom, Islam radicals radically restricts personal freedoms, especially with women. That makes one scratch one's head to see women's rights groups like NOW, now the National Organization for Women, also supporting Islam, which basically enslaves women. Talk about the Twilight Zone. What on earth is going on? Are we seeing Christianity and freedom being systematically crushed and replaced by our leaders with Islamic religious slavery? But again, is it really our human leaders that are doing this? Going hand in hand with the blatant infringement upon our freedom to exercise our religion is again the trouncing of our right to free speech. Think Donald Trump's rally at the Capitol in January of 2021. How ironic the way free speech was primarily established for people to petition the government against grievances but is now used to protect pornography and sodomy. Of course, sodomy basically reduces women and men to animals. And it destroys the traditional family. How bizarre that speaking out against abortion, that is murdering babies in the womb, and homosexual marriage is now classified as illegal hate speech. Many have been arrested for exercising that very right to speak for those poor defenseless babies who are un unable to speak and act for themselves. Again, even public forums to discuss government agendas are no longer legal without some kind of government permit, and of course, even with a permit, only a small number are allowed, especially with the advent of the virus. That's their newest excuse. In fact, criticism or even protesting of government politically and policy 
is now labeled domestic terrorism. Again, think January 6, 2021. Terrorism, of course, is punishable by death, unless, of course, you're Muslim, as in the case of Nidal Hassan, who shot over 30 at Fort Hood in the name of Allah. They label it something akin to workplace stress. How mind-boggling the way people are now criticized for being intolerant for the subtle but incessant invasion of people whose religion sponsors real terrorism, such as the bringing down of the New York trade towers and suicide bombers. Those who stood up and spoke against the Muslims building their Victory Mosque on Ground Zero were called racist by New York's mayor. In fact, the Muslim mosque was to be named Cordoba Initiative in honor of Islam's victory against Christianity in Cordoba, Spain. Again, freedom guaranteed by us by the Second Amendment currently under assault is the freedom to bear arms. This amendment guarantees our right to protect ourselves, our family, and our property with guns. After all, the chief reasons for our founders putting this amendment into the Constitution was insurance against oppressive government. They knew an unarmed citizenry could quickly become enslaved by those in power. To that end, buying a gun these days requires a check into our private life and background if we're allowed to even purchase one at all. Of course, that gun registration gives the government a list of those who have guns when it comes time for the government to send their brown shirts to collect them. This freedom was further exacerbated by the Health Care Act of 2010, and many more recent, requiring even the location of all the guns in our homes. Adding insult to injury, even the buying of ammunition is now being regulated to one degree or another. It's interesting that during the 1930s, Adolf Hitler also called for the registration of all guns in Germany. And if you know that history, at a later date, all those government-mandate registered guns were collected by Hitler's brown shirts. Hmm, it's just like the BLM thugs today. Unfortunately, there's much pending legislation attempting to accomplish that same goal today, not just with the U.S., but with all Western nations. The truth is, an armed populace is a strong populace. If it weren't for owning guns, we would never have won our freedom in the Revolutionary War. Besides, if guns are outlawed, only the outlaws will have guns. Fortunately, NRI, NRA lawsuits and general public opposition has delayed our disarming somewhat, but there can be no doubt they will achieve their disarming objective soon. Maybe we will, should be asking exactly why our government is working so diligently to disarm us. Does anyone smell impending enslavement? An unarmed people is no longer a free people. Still, another guaranteed lost freedom was the freedom of property or ownership under the Fifth Amendment. This freedom was slowly eroded by property taxes and eminent domain for private corporation or government deals. But according to the Creator's instruction in the Bible, the land he gives his people would be unobstructed and belong to the family forever. All debts were erased every 50 years in the Jubilee. With that concept in mind, we mustn't forget the property-seizing power of the Environmental Protection Agency. Ironically, the EPA gives priority to animals and even bugs over humans. What? Uh, hey? But it all makes sense when we understand just who and what the transdimensional puppet masters controlling things from behind the curtain are. That truth was touched upon in earlier chapters. It's the creatures. Another little voice fact is our national and personal property and, and resources have literally been put up as collateral by our government to seize our or service our natural debt. 
After all, why would China and others buy up so much of our debt unless they were given or at least promised some type of solid collateral? When nations such as China, India, J Japan, etc., who hold much of our debt, decide it's time to collect, is it an unreasonable assumption to believe they expect to not only collect oil and mineral resources, but forests, cattle, land, cities, and even homes as well? What a horrible day that's surely coming soon, unless someone high up has mercy on us and grants us a great miracle. But it seems it's uh, too little too late for that. How interesting the book or the Bible that shows our Creator's promises to protect and bless those who follow His Torah instructions both nationally and personally is slowly being banned, citing political incorrectness and racism.